Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2345 with a release date of Friday, October 7th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Two hams are added to next year's Starliner 1 launch. Sweden honors a noted tech entrepreneur and the International Telecommunication Union marks a first in leadership. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2345 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, N8WB. We begin this week with the U.S. Space Program, which has selected two more amateur radio operators to be on board the maiden voyage of the Boeing Starliner 1 next year as part of the agency's commercial crew program. Paul Brown, WD9GCO, brings that report. Two amateur radio operators were recently chosen to return to the International Space Station, but this time they expect to arrive there aboard the first flight of NASA's new Boeing Starliner 1. Astronaut Scott Tingle, KG5NZA, will be its commander, and Mike Finke, KE5AIT of NASA, will serve as the Starliner's pilot. They will join Jeanette Epps, KF5QNU, who will be aboard as mission specialist. NASA assigned her in August of 2020 to join the crew. There is no launch date yet for Starliner 1. It must complete NASA's Boeing crew flight test, which ensures the spacecraft can fly crewed missions to the ISS on a regular basis. This is part of NASA's commercial crew program. The first test flight is scheduled for early 2023. I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. High honors are being conferred upon an amateur radio operator from Sweden who is well known for the advances he has made in growing the internet. We have those details from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Congratulations to Swedish tech entrepreneur Peter Lutberg, SM4KEL and W4KEL, whose work in helping the internet get an early foothold and grow in Sweden has won him a gold medal from the Royal Swedish Academy of Engineering Sciences. King Gustav is to present the medal to him next month. Dubbed an internet guru by Wired.com in 2007, he has given much sought-after advice to industry giants such as Cisco and Sprint. With this gold medal, Peter joins the ranks of scores of similarly decorated Academy innovators. The Academy, also known as the IVA, says on its website that its vision is technology in the service of humanity, in the belief that technical and economic science can make a positive contribution to society. I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. If you're involved in scouting or know someone who is, you know that October is a big month on the scout calendar. Bill Stearns, NE4RD, tells us what's happening in just a few days. Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet is the world's largest digital scout event taking place on the Internet and over the airwaves. Held every year in October, the event connects millions of young people around the world for a full weekend of online activities that promote friendship and global citizenship. In 2022, Joda Jodai takes place from the 14th to the 16th of October. For the Joda side of the event, scouts and guides all over the world will connect with each other by means of amateur radio. Short wave and digital radio signals carry their voices to virtually any corner of the world. It's the sheer excitement of having a live conversation with a fellow scout or guide at some other place in the world that attracts so many young people to this event. Event planning information or resources can be found on the K2BSA website at k2bsa.net. 
Register your station today at jotajoti.info and check out the virtual campsite where you can find lots of activities for this travel-free jamboree. For Amateur Radio Newsline and the K2BSA Amateur Radio Association, this is Bill Stearns, NE4RD. October is also a big month for CW enthusiasts, and one club in the UK has picked a date for the big but very informal get-together. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, explains. Members of the Fists CW Club in the UK know that you don't need a reason to declare it's time for a QSO party. So organisers have declared the 22nd of October as the date for the club's official autumn gathering. The Fist's website says, quote, This is simply an opportunity to rekindle old friendships and make new ones, unquote. This means that non-members and radio ops who send QRS are just as welcome as our Fist's regulars. The QSO party takes place on that date between 1900 and 2359 UTC. As the club points out on its website, this is an activity that won't help anyone score points or add another certificate to their ever-growing collection, but on the other hand, you might just make some new friends. The website offers a few more encouraging words by adding, quote, Let's wheel out the homebrew, the military gear, the old stuff and the new, and let's just chat to each other, end quote. Details are available at fist.co.uk. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Another group of CW enthusiasts has reached out to its members to showcase a talent that doesn't require a straight key, cootie, or bug. Just perhaps some pen, ink, and a little imagination. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, has that report. The Straight Key Century Club is asking its members to call upon a skill that requires a good hand and a good eye instead of a good fist and a good ear. The club is preparing for activities making the 17th anniversary of its founding, and that means it needs a new and unique QSL card for a special event. Every year, the SKCC designates January as Straight Key Month, and starting on the 2nd of January, operators get on the air using a special event call sign K3Y. Members have until the 14th of December to submit their designs, and then the club gets to vote on the submissions, which are displayed on the event webpage. The design with the most votes becomes the design of the official K3Y QSL card, and many of the others become part of the SKCC print calendar for 2023. No, it's not too early to start thinking about 2023 or this special event. If you're a club member who likes to design QSL cards, or if you want to try, this is your chance. Designers are permitted to submit their cards from previous competitions in the hopes of making it to the top this year. For details, see the link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. Members of the ITU have chosen their next leader, and she's not just the first woman, she's a ham. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, has details. The International Telecommunications Union, the United Nations agency that coordinates telecommunications operations globally, has elected an amateur radio operator from the U.S. as its new secretary general. Doreen Bogdan-Martin, KD2JTX, will be the first woman to hold that office when she succeeds Howlin' Zhao on January 1st. Her campaign page on the U.S. Department of State website lists her deep involvement with the ITU. Most recently, as director of the ITU's Telecommunications Development Bureau, the website listed her accomplishments in bringing about upgrades that better embrace digital advances and that her work in the role supported global efforts to promote school connectivity and greater involvement of youth. 
Under her leadership, the ITU focused on giving youth more of a voice in strategy and programs. She posted on her Twitter account on September 19th, quote, Immensely proud to be the first woman ever elected to the post of ITU Secretary General, we finally smashed a 157-year-old glass ceiling. And I hope this result inspires women and girls everywhere to dream big and make those dreams a reality. End quote. Her rival for the post was Rashid Ismailov of Russia, who lost in a vote of 139 votes to 25. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. This is a reminder that there is a little less than one month left for interested clubs to apply to the ARRL Foundation Club Grant Program. Deadline for applications is November 4th. The program is run with the help of a grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications and allows clubs to expand such programs as those focused on education and training, especially new radio amateurs. A total of $500,000 is available to clubs and as much as twenty. $25,000 can be provided to any one club for a worthy project. Ham clubs requiring more than that amount are being asked to apply directly to the ARDC. Additional details about the ARRL program can be found at the link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the W3NTT repeater in Palmerton, Pennsylvania, at 9 p.m. on Sundays. Amateur Radio was the big lesson of the day recently on one university campus in India. Jim Meachin. ZL2BHF tells us what everyone talked about happened. There was perhaps no better way to mark the occasion of Engineering Day in September than to hold an amateur radio workshop on a university campus and provide some eye-opening lessons for tech students there. AMSAT India's regional coordinator, Rajesh Vagadaya, VU2EXP, did just that at Malwadi University in Gujarat, and in four hours, the 80 students from the Information and Communications Technology Department, along with a special team assigned to a student project, gained insights into amateur radio as well as ham radio satellites. For that one special team of students, the timing could not have been better. The university recently announced that they will be building a satellite to be launched by the ISRO. The workshop provided some bonus preparatory work for them. The more terrestrial-minded demonstrations from digital modes and VHF-FM to SSTV were conducted with the help of Sakshi Vagadaya, VU3EXP, and Shyama Vagadaya, VU3WHG, who was also part of the student satellite team. Workshops also covered such topics as the jargon of amateur radio, operating in the POTA and IOTA award programs, high-altitude balloon tracking, and of course, CW. Just as every amateur contact on the air is usually followed up with a QSL of some sort, this workshop is not the end of the contact with this campus. Rajesh reported that the university administrators were so pleased that AMSAT India can expect to come back to conduct more programs. This is Jim Meachin. ZL2BHF. A popular extra class net is back on the air after taking a break for a few months. We hear about their plans from Cell MB KB3 TZD. The Geritol net is back. 
That's spelled G-E-R-A-T-O-L, which stands for Greetings Extra Radio Amateur Tired of Operating Lately. Except after a few months of not operating lately, the net is back on the air. You can find extra class operators checking in every night on 3.668 MHz, starting at 0100 UTC. Now in its 50th year of operation, the net is marking the occasion by adding an anniversary award to the array of awards it already confers to qualifying hams. To be eligible, hams must make 50 contacts, one for each year of the net's lifetime, during a session of the Geritol net. These contacts must be logged during the period of the net's anniversary year. The contacts must include the club station W0NL. For details about the award or additional information on how to find and check into the net, visit the website G-E-R-A-T-O-L dot net. This is Cell MB, KB3TZD. A student-built CubeSat is being prepared for launch next month, and its young creators in Ukraine have included amateur radio operators in their plans. Ed Durant, DD5LP, brings us up to date. Students at the Igor Soskorsky Kiev Polytechnic Institute in Ukraine are looking forward to the November launch of an educational satellite they built with a group of space exploration enthusiasts. The students' CubeSat is designed to work on a variety of scientific and technical issues related to research at the Institute's school, the National Technical University of Ukraine. The CubeSat QBU-A01 will be in a sun-synchronous orbit and accessible to hams around the world who can receive telemetry, beacon and science payload data. The nanosatellite project will focus its studies on near space and will explore the operation of solar sensors, magnetometers, gyroscopes, electromagnets and flywheels using stabilisation and orientation in space. Research will also focus on thermal regulation of a payload using heat pipes and on new software for controlling satellite systems and obtaining telemetry. Frequencies to be used are still being finalised. A 9K6 GMSK UHF downlink is proposed using AX25. This is Ed Durant, DD5LP. In the world of DX, Didier F6BCW is active from the Marquesas Islands, IOTA number OC027, using the call sign TX7G until the 15th of October. Listen on 80 to 10 meters, where Didier will be using CW, SSB, and possibly FT8 and RIDI. QSL F6BCW. Don K6ZO will again be active from Malawi as 7Q6M from October 19th through the end of November. You can listen to him on 160 to 6 meters. He will also operate during the CQWWSSB and CW contest. CQSL details on the QRZ.com page for 7Q6M. Be listening for Helmut DF7EE, who will be operating from Madeira after the 25th of October as CT9-DF7EE, along with CT9-DD8ZX. He will be using the call sign CQ3W for the CQWWSSB contest. CQSL information on QRZ.com. In Antarctica, Oleg ZS1OIN will be on the air on the HF bands as RI1ANU from Novo Laza Revskayu station at the end of October. QSL to his home call. 
We end this week's report with a story of how hams helped bring about a well-timed family reunion in India. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us how it happened. The annual festival of Durga Puja is a big source of celebration in India, especially in eastern states such as West Bengal. It marks the journey of the goddess Durga as she returns to her family home. For the Satpute family in the Indian state of Maharashtra, however, there was a more immediate return home that brought them joy. The family's 73-year-old patriarch, who went missing 15 years ago and was presumed to be dead, came home with the help of a network of amateur radio operators. It was an extra source of happiness too for members of the West Bengal Radio Club, who specialise in accomplishing reunions such as these, especially because it happened during this holiday. Club Secretary Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, told Newsline that he was contacted by Deepankar Chatterjee, a retired member of the Indian Air Force, who was out walking with friends when he noticed a man eating scraps of food off the street. The friends guided the man to a location where he could get food and clean clothing. Chatterjee reached out to the hams, explaining he believed the man to be mentally challenged. Club members were able to determine that the man was from a part of Maharashtra, nearly 12,000 kilometres away. It didn't take long for Hams in Maharashtra to respond to the West Bengal amateur's call and to track down the family. Suddenly, the holiday took on even more meaning as the Satpute family prepared for a long overdue reunion. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. With thanks to Embarish Nag Biswas, VU2JFA, the ARRL, BBC News, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DX-World.net, Geritolnet, IARU, Indo-Asian News Service, NASA, QRZ.com, SKCC, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, U.S. Department of State, the West Bengal Radio Club, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at airnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73, and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022, all rights reserved.